Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Jokic behind his back. What a take by Jokic. Nuggets Nation, you're listening to the Pickaxe Podcast. Now, here's your hosts, the Denver Stiffs. What's up, everybody, and welcome into the Pickaxe Podcast. We are joined today. I am Zach Mikaj from DenverStiffs.com. Let's get that out of the way first thing. Um, and I am joined today by Kayla Osby. Kayla, what's going on? Hey, not much. What's going on? <laughs> uh, just enjoying. You know, it's actually it's a beautiful day here in Colorado. Yeah, it I'm, is. I've, <laughs> I forced both of you guys to come in and sit inside and record a podcast instead. I'm sorry for that. So also with us is the multi-talented Ryan Blackburn. Ryan, what's happening? How's it going, Zach? Oh, it's going well, man. Um, how is what's the weather like in South Carolina? Well, you just you just missed one of the great uh, one of the great rainstorms that we had. I uh, I went up to a career fair in Charlotte, and on the way there and on the way back, it was pouring about six inches of rain uh, the entire Oof. the entire way. Uh, but other than that, it's sunny. It's great. It's lots of fun, and uh, enjoying the enjoying the warmth. Nice, nice. Well, all right, man. Let's um. Let's get started with uh, with some Nuggets talk because it was it's a, another another big week. It's kind of it's been really fun, right? We're right down here at the end of the season, so all these games are are really exciting. And um, last time, since the last time Absolutely. we podcasted, the the first thing that happened was the the Nuggets were still on the road, and so then they had those they had those back to back road wins um, against Miami and against New Orleans the first time they've been playing New Orleans. It seems like every other game they they're playing the Pelicans, right? Um, Ryan, what'd you think about the uh, about those two wins against the Heat and the, and the Pelicans? I mean, was that how big was that for them? Because I, I kind of feel like if they if they dropped either one of those, you probably are like, all right, the uh, the season is pretty much pretty much toast. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Uh, it's it's coming down to the math right now, based off of how the season is currently at right now. This, if either of those games are lost, then the Nuggets are absolutely there. There's no way. There's no way that they get into the playoffs. So glad that they picked those two up. It was a really big deal, and it's a really big deal for Emmanuel Moutier uh, heading back into the rotation with uh, Jameer Nelson sidelines. So if if even if they don't make the playoffs, it's still good to see Emmanuel Moutier bouncing back, and hopefully, it's a good sign for the future. Yeah, absolutely. No, Moutier um, Moutier had a huge performance in both of those, especially the first game against Miami. He came off he had what. Uh, what was it like? Seventeen points and I think nine assists. Um, Kayla, what did you think about Moody's yeah. performances? 
Yeah, I thought it was good. I thought he kind of reminded me uh, more of his rookie season because I thought he kind of got away from being that facilitator, and he did a really good job of uh, just attacking, and he actually hit some jump shots as well, and he just did a good job of uh, facilitating, and I really liked, obviously, the way he played with uh, Jamal Murray. So I liked it. Yeah, it's – you know, you, you bring up the good point there about him playing with Jamal Murray, and it's something. It's it's kind of re- what's really funny about it is that you, you always kind of thought that uh, if it was going to be uh, Moody and Murray playing together, it would be more so uh, Moody playing playing the point. But I, it's kind of like it's nice to see they they just go back and forth um, and they feed off of each other. I think it is a really good pairing as well. You know, and the other thing it's interesting to see about it is, it's like these. You see the growth in this team, right? Because they didn't. I don't know if if it's the beginning of the season they have they have these type of wins because these are they're, they're two road games um, against decent opponents. Granted, I mean New Orleans is out of it now now at this point, or that was actually the game that eliminated them was that loss against the Nuggets. But they were for all purposes they were out of it. Um, and and they but then nonetheless the Nuggets go they go there and it's almost you see that start to see that consistency right, um, Ryan what do you think is it are we seeing a more was were the was it a kind of like a sign of hey this is their the Nuggets are starting to actually game in game out be a successful basketball team. Well, I I wouldn't necessarily call it successful, but they're certainly putting up more of a fight, and this is the stage of the season in which young teams start to figure it out they start to realize that they've got to grind it out for the entire game and it can't just be a 12-minute stretch or a 24-minute stretch in which they play really well because every team is talented in the NBA and teams aren't going to forgive you if you only play well for 24 minutes and then give the game away. So I think this team is starting to play at least more frequently at the level that we need them to play in order to accumulate wins and it's definitely a good sign going into next season but i wouldn't say that they're there yet yeah yeah i get what you're saying and i would agree i mean and they still they still i think make plenty of mistakes and i think you see it um in the in the very next game they play so when they get they get the uh the matchup against the rockets there in houston the team whatever reason it is man the rockets they just they 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 always seem to beat the Nuggets. They they've had their number this entire season, um, and obviously the, I think the toughest thing there too is you saw them as a young team really get. I thought I thought the Nuggets got baited into um, into kind of playing that Rockets game, James Harden's game specifically about uh, kind of the, they fouled him, they let him um, let him kind of play his his style of, of, of getting that contact and then using it to get to the free throw line, um, which I got to say, I think it's just the worst. It's the, the, like the worst, the worst superstar in, in the NBA to watch has got to be James Harden. Cause it's, he's just like, nobody wants to watch a guy just flop around and get, and get free throw line or free throw shots. Um, Kayla, what did you think of Harden's performance? Is that, do you, do you like that style? Do you agree with it? You know, I, I definitely agree with you. I, I, yeah, I don't like it at all. It's really frustrating. I mean, that, that play where he um, he didn't get the call when he was trying to flop to get three shots, and then he complained, and then he got it. Like, that's just kind of the definition of why I don't like watching him. So, yeah, no, I agree with you. I know, I, I know exactly which one you're, you're talking about, right? Yeah. So he comes, like, he's coming off a pick and roll, and he, he tries mm-hmm. to, like, stop midway through, midway through coming around that screen, 
um, to get hit, to get the guy who's trailing him to run into him. Um, and the refs, right? The refs, the refs didn't give it to him on one play, and then on the very next play, he tries it again. And it's probably even less contact than on the play when yeah. they don't give it to him. Um, and then they end up they end up calling it for oh. three fouls. What did you think about that, Ryan? Jump. Definitely jump in here. I I think one of the things that I heard, I think it was the True Who podcast that was talking about this. Uh, there's there's no in way no way in any way shape and form that he was going to attempt a shot from right behind that screen. And that's one of the things about the way that he draws fouls is he puts his the ball handler defender in jail by putting him right in between the pick and his arm. And then he uses his arm to pin the ball like against the the pick's back. And it generates a three-point shot every time even though James Harden would never shoot from that location every like ever. He's always going to yeah. dribble a, a couple feet to the left or a couple feet to the right in order to generate more space. But he will stop and he will get that call. And un- until he doesn't get three shots on that every single time, then he's going to keep doing it every single time. Yeah, and not only you know what's funny too is not only is he going to keep doing it, but so is like Patrick Beverly and, and Lou Williams. It's funny to watch oh, now all of his yeah. teammates are using the same the same technique and they're getting it getting it paid off. It's uh. And I know. Look, I get like that. That it's you can't complain too much about it as a Nuggets fan because we have Danilo Gallinari who pretty much is doing not pretty much he is doing the exact same thing, um, and he might be the next most effective person at doing it next to James Harden. Uh, but I'm not sure any Nuggets fan really enjoys watching that anyway. Like yeah, I, I don't. Well, maybe some do. No, I don't either. What do you, Kayla? What about you? Are you because uh, I you're a Gallo fan? I know you are, right? So. Yeah. I mean, I I mean, I like when he does it only because it obviously helps us. Like when he gets to the free throw line, it's sometimes it's the most consistent thing that we do on offense. So, but I mean, yeah, it's not it's not particularly fun to watch, but definitely helps the team, especially (laughs) when we get in dry spells and we can't score any other way. I like it. I like it. Kayla's got the you got the always got the positive outlook there uh, for Gallo, but you're right it's it's effective it, and that's the same thing about Harden as well is it's it's you can't deny the fact that it's um it's a very effective move to make on offense and you're right especially when you are kind of struggling um, on on offense and and your shots not falling one of the best things you can do is try and get to the rim and get some free throws because they're they're the easiest uh, the easiest shot you can take. So they end up the Nuggets end of course end up losing that game because of um, Harden. Harden has a big game. I think Lou Williams had a pretty big game as well. Um, it was it was another triple double though for for Nikola Jokic. And I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this. I want to ask you, Ryan. I'll ask you first. So there's there's what there's three games left. So I'm going to put the over under at one half. Okay, one half. Not not one and a half. Just one half. Um, for triple doubles on Nikola Jokic, are you going over or are you going under? Uh, all right. Well, looking through these next few games, he's got Oklahoma City twice, and he's got Dallas. Dallas nice is game. definitely a game in oh. which I think he would pick up a triple double. I don't think it would come against Oklahoma City. I think that they pack the paint too much, and they're out there still a pretty good defensive team when they want to be. So, uh, now I'll go over. I think he gets it against Dallas. You think he gets it against Dallas? Kayla, what about you? 
Yeah, I agree. I think he'll. I think he'll get it against Dallas. I hope he gets it against the Thunder because I think that'd be fun to for him to get a triple double. And maybe if we don't allow Westbrook to get one, I think that would be fun. But um, yeah, I, I would guess maybe against Dallas. Yeah, I would agree too. I would. I would really like to see it um, against the Thunder. I think that would be cool. I just. Uh, I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't mind. I really wouldn't mind just because I'll be there on Sunday. So uh, if if Russell Westbrook just decides to break the the. <laughs> The yeah. record while I'm there, uh, that would that would. Well, here's what it has to be. It has so. to be a uh, has to be an early triple double. Has to be an early triple. Yeah, double exactly. In which he uh, he accumulates it in the first half and then sits out the rest of the games. So I'm I'm good yeah, if he, if he exactly. wants to do that quickly. That. Well, you know, or um, you know, we we and we'll, let's we can get get right into the the next game here, but um. We, what we could also do there with Westbrook, I think, is let him um, – is kind of just let him get his triple-double, let him do his thing because that's kind of been a theme here in some of these wins the Nuggets got specifically. So then we're talking about the win they get last night uh, against the, the, the Hornets – or not the Hornets, New Orleans, uh, the, the Pelicans. Um, <laughs> I'm still stuck. I was stuck in what, about five years in the past there. Uh, but so they get the win against the Pelicans last night. Um, and even the when they got the win on the road, when when Cousins and and Anthony Davis were playing, they they they've always kind of let those guys get their points, right? They've let them do their thing. And in in the case of the the Pelicans, they just kind of outscore them. Um, so maybe with Westbrook, they uh, they do the same thing. Maybe he just gets his triple double, and they just score 135 points and win the game 135 to 130. Well, I mean, we tried that last time. And you remember the last Oklahoma City game. I, I, it might not have been the last one, but I attended that game, and it went into overtime, and Westbrook scored, like, the last however many points, and the Nuggets lost in overtime 129-126. So we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. But this this next and game Oklahoma is super City, they're important. Pretty much, well, I was going to say, they're pretty much um, locked into their their – position right now right they're, they're going to be the uh, they are locked in what is it, they the are the six seed? seed the six seed okay six seed yeah okay cool well I'll tell you what um i want to talk about real quick before we go uh, before we get too much into the thunder and, and what's upcoming uh we i don't want to skip over last night's game because it was it it, it probably i mean you'd probably have to say it was the best performance um of the season from jamal murray Kayla, what were your what were your thoughts on on his game last night? Yeah, I really liked it. I thought uh, obviously he didn't shoot like great. He I think he was only like two for six from three, but he did a really good job of attacking and finishing. And um, yeah, I just thought he played with a lot of confidence. And if he plays like that the rest of the season, I think that's that that will be great. Well, even or yeah, I mean even mm-hmm. man, just to start seeing it for next season. And you're right. The mm-hmm. the what I thought was. So really exciting about it was is, is it was a kind of Murray showing his full more of his or his full versatility on offense is because he didn't knock down too many shots but man it, it is whoever thought uh, that athleticism was going to be a knock on him coming into the league was sorely mistaken because that guy um, that guy was showing showing that how well he can get up and how well he can attack the rim uh, Ryan what were your thoughts on uh, on Murray well, uh, just touching on the athleticism thing, he had a dunk against South Carolina in the when he was at Kentucky uh, that I yeah. saw, 
and it was one of the most impressive things that I'd seen live from a guard that size. He uh, he just rises up so quickly and so surprisingly that I'm sure that the surprising athleticism when you see it is what makes so many pundits question his athleticism, but it is truly there. Uh, as for his performance last night, I would definitely say inside the rim or in, inside the three-point line, uh, that was definitely the most encouraging thing to me is not only him making great decisions uh, with himself, but also knowing when it was the proper time to attack, when he needed to sling the ball outside for a three-pointer. And he also showed some deft passing on the interior. So, and of course, I mean, how can you beat some of those dunks that he had last night? That that one that he stretched out and put right over the guy's head was very impressive. So I, I'm very impressed with what he did. I think the defensive performance was also above average for what he's shown so far. And it was certainly encouraging. I, any any Nuggets fan that says otherwise is just kidding themselves at this point. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, you see those it's it's those flashes that you just hope to see in in, in a guy's rookie season um, that makes you think, hey, this is somebody who has who has the potential to be special. And it's exactly what we saw last year um, with Nikola Jokic, and uh, and then of course Jokic has followed up now this season with um, with, with just a, a, a terrific year. Yeah, he's it, right. uh, kind of erases any doubt. Yeah, exactly. So um, if Murray, you know, that's kind of, I guess, you kind of hope that Murray hope follows the same progression. Another guy, though, he could probably follow the same progression to um, would be Gary Harris, who, uh, who once again has another. The thing about Gary that's been so impressive to me uh, these past couple of weeks has been the consistency. It's, I mean, he's not, he, I don't think he's ever put up like 30 points in a game. But he's consistently getting somewhere between like fifteen to twenty-five points, and it's it's been the it's been this kind of the I think it's been a big part of why we what we've kind of been talking about about how the Nuggets how as overall as a team have been more consistent. Um, Kayla, what what are your thoughts on on, on Gary Harris? Is um, I guess is it was do you think his play um, is, is part of the uh, part of this whole streak they're having. I mean, obviously it is, right? But uh, I guess what, what were your thoughts, especially like on last night? I mean, he had another quiet 20 points. Yeah, I think he's definitely, I think he's been the most consistent player this season, probably, you know, him and him and Jokic, but I think he, he pretty much just has it all. I think he had like a really good pass yesterday. He, I think he's been really consistent um, from three, obviously with the defense. So yeah, he's just been one of our most consistent players. And yeah, obviously a huge reason why we're, why we're winning these games. I mean, um, Ryan, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm, I'm looking through some of the game logs right now, and something that jumps out to me is just the minutes load that he's been having to put up over this past few games. Just, I mean, going back last night, he had 37 minutes. The night be, or the game before, 30 minutes. 40 minutes the game before that, 36, 40, 37, 23, 30, 31, 39, 39, 41. He has just been incredible in the amount of time that he's had to be usually on the best other the best offensive player for the opposition but also finding a way to right. be efficient in every single one of his games i think just going back through the field goal percentage is just incredible like there are one two three like in the last 12 games there are three performances where he shot under 50% not under 40% under 50%. So he's just been efficient. He's been 
very aggressive to the rim. And last night he threw up nine assists. Like that's a completely new part of his game that nobody could have foresaw. Exactly. And he's, you know, because we always talk about it so much um, with the Nuggets and these three guards that they have, you know, about, about the versatility. And you always think, okay, so Emmanuel Moutier and Jamal Murray, they can both play the point guard. Nobody really thinks about how Gary Harris, um, he's got, he's got, got just the, as much ability or starting to show just as much ability to be a playmaker as well for the team. Um, and then a lot of the times it's just he's working within the flow of the offense, you know, making that extra pass and uh, finding, that, finding that guy for the wide open three. The Nuggets, they've got plenty of guys now who can shoot the ball uh, and, and get points. Tell you what, though, I want to talk. I want to talk more about these. I want to talk more about these these young guys, and it's a lot about actually that that backcourt. But uh, we'll go ahead and we'll take a quick break, um, and then we'll come right back. We've all been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on. Or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate. And he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Pickaxe Podcast. It is Zach Mikosh. I am with you today with Ryan Blackburn and Kayla Osby. And we were just talking about, right before the break, we were talking about... um, the the Nuggets and this this young core that they've got and and their their backcourt and I and we were talking a lot about Jamal Murray and the game he had uh, last night against the um, against the Pelicans he scores he scores thirty points it's a career high for him uh, Ryan is is Murray a star player in your eyes is he going to have that same um, we were kind of talking about it a little bit before the break but is he is he going to have that same jump like Jokic did do you think in his second season and, and become kind of that, that second guy for the Nuggets that, that really makes them kind of a, a solid, you would think, playoff team every year. Uh, it's, it's hard to tell at this point. I don't know if he's going to be given the touches to develop that. Uh, we'll, we'll just have to see. First of all, he has to be the starting point guard if he's going to break out right. like that. I don't think that he's going to be that second tier star if he's going to be coming off the bench. Like I don't, I don't foresee a James Harden leap uh, from him necessarily, although he could. Uh, so he'll, he'll have to be in the starting lineup in order to do that. I'm not sure what the Nuggets plans are for the free agency and the draft periods. And if they want to trade for somebody or, but 
at this point, if Murray is going to be the starter for next year, I think that he could. I think it's I'll, I'll go fifty fifty. I'm, I'm it's really hard to tell at this point, though. Kayla, what about you? Do you think? I mean, so I mean, because you know what, Ryan Brandon brings up the point about can't even second tier star, and I would actually say that I would think if if the Nuggets okay, if the Nuggets want to be a championship team. Um, with this this core that they're building right now, if they really think they have the seeds to something like that, then Murray would actually have to be the number one star on your team because you need your number one star always. It's almost always a, a scoring wing player who who is that fills that role. Um, do you think Murray's got that potential? I mean, how high is his ceiling? Yeah, I definitely think he does. I think that only part of the game that I really haven't seen from him is him knocking down the, the jump shot consistently, which is mm-hmm. that's what that was like his biggest strength that coming into the season. So I think once he starts hitting jump shots um, on a consecutive, on a consistent basis, I think he, he could definitely do that. I mean, I think if he was just knocking down his, the open shots he had right now, he might be averaging like 15, 20 points a game. So I can definitely yeah. see him do it. You're right. You're absolutely right. And it's, yeah. man, it's like the most, it's the most maybe frustrating thing or not, not yeah. even frustrating, but it's almost just, just puzzling about him because he, it seems like the shots that he misses the most are the ones when he's just wide open. Mm-hmm. And I do you think it's like do you think it's maybe just like a mental thing? Yeah, I think it has to be. I, I mean, I, yeah, it reminds me a lot of Gary Harris. I mean, he couldn't hit anything his his rookie season. So I don't know if it's just confidence, but because he'll he'll go on, uh, you know, streaks. He'll, like he'll he'll hit a lot in a row. But yeah, I don't know. I hope I hope he makes a big jump next season. I think, it, and maybe, you know, you're right, because maybe it's just that's, if he can make, maybe he doesn't have to make uh, a Nikola Jokic-style jump, mm-hmm. maybe he just has to make a Gary Harris-style jump, because if you're you're absolutely right, it, uh, and maybe, Ryan, because you were kind of saying that, that that could be tough to see, do you think maybe then that's it, maybe if, is, is just expecting him to have more of a kind of jump that, like, Gary Harris made from his, his first to second year, is that something that's probably a little bit more realistic for, for Jamal? Yeah, absolutely. Uh the, the reason that Gary Harris jumped so high is because he was given the consistent minutes. He was also calmed down a little bit by the front office and the coaching staff, and he wasn't misused as he was before. Uh, with Jamal Murray, if he finds his way into a consistent role, then I think that he could definitely explode. I, I would tailor the expectations a little bit to, hey, let's get this guy consistent minutes. Let's see if he can average... 14 points, three rebounds, three assists a game, and see where we can go right. from there. I, I yeah. Because, I mean, we've, we've seen somebody like C.J. McCollum. McCollum is somebody who I think that he could tailor his game after uh, coming off the bench and then eventually hitting that star point. Yeah, exactly. Or, I mean, uh, I was just going to say, maybe we don't want to put too much expectations on him because we've seen also what can happen when you do that with a uh, – with a twenty-year-old, um, and it seems though, you know, you know, maybe with Emmanuel Mudiay being being another guy who who's who's very young, we saw they gave him. They, it's just so interesting because they handle him so differently because they, they're both seventh overall picks, nineteen-year-old kids, um, both point guards basically, and and they've they've handled the way that Nuggets have handled Mudiay versus the way they handled Murray um, is totally different. And I think you're right, Ryan. Or what? What the, they they really should hope to see for the next step for Murray is to be the starting point guard opening day um, next season. That's, that's would be a, 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 you know, expected level of progression from him. Um, 
I wonder the thing I think though that, that if if you can get this out of if you can get this out of Jamal Murray if you can find if he turns out to be um, a a star player specifically an offensive um, star the the that like like I was talking about that scoring wing that almost you look at any championship team um, they've they've always got at least one sometimes they've got multiple ones. Um, and maybe for the Nuggets, the other guy along, if Murray can become one of those guys, maybe the other guy is Gary Harris. Kayla, do you, it's, it's so hard to say, and it's but we get to. It's the great thing about being on the podcast, right? We can we can always speculate, and uh, we we can just talk about wild wild uh, predictions. Um, is 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 Murray Harris and Jokic? Is that? Do you think it's enough, or it could grow into something that that potentially could even be? Uh, a championship style or a, or a roster that could even get the Nuggets maybe into the finals or even like a Western Conference finals. I, I definitely see it. I think Jokic is going to be an all-star. I, I can see Murray reaching that level. Um, and then I think Harris is just going to be that, you know, maybe the level kind of right below that, but just really consistent. And uh, yeah, I definitely, I could definitely see that happening. I think they all three have the potential to, to be really good on a, on a winning team. I think you're, you know, and I, I, I tend to agree just because it's, you know, because I'm a homer more than anything, but uh, they, um, uh, because like, but I think it all, it's, I really think it all is contingent on Murray because I really think he has to become like, almost like to the superstar level player like that. And like, that's what I'm saying. You don't want to put that crazy expectation on him. He's so young and it's so early in his career, but um, I think Gary Harris, we're starting to see, I think there's, there's probably not too much more. Uh, under his ceiling that uh, is is left for for Gary Harris to improve because if he like uh, our our uh, our editor Adam Myers was talking about this on his podcast about you know if Gary Harris takes another leap similar to what he's done from year one to year two and then now year two to year three uh, if he was to do the same thing year three to year four I mean then he's an all-star level player mm-hmm. I think that's about as as much as you could probably ever ask out of Gary is for him to be like a borderline all-star um, kind of guy, but if Murray can become the the like go to guy, I mean we're talking we're talking one of the, the top players in the in the NBA. That's what it's going to take because I think Jokic similar deal. He's gonna he's great. He's an all star, but I I, I think you can game plan for him, and, there, and there's enough ways you can take Jokic um, out of the game to to make it to where the Nuggets got to have another guy who's probably the actual go to guy. Um, I don't know. It's it's just it's an interesting thing to think about, and then because you can even go as far as as to think there's there's also all these other young guys on this roster, right? We've got uh, we've got Emmanuel Mudiay, we've got Juancho Hernan Gomez, um, we've got Malik Beasley. So I I guess one guy I wanted wanted to talk about there specifically is Mudiay. Um, Ryan, now that we're seeing these games and the way he's playing, I mean, it, do you think he's got a long term future with this team? Oh. That's a hard one. Um, I think kind of like what I was saying with Murray earlier, I think it's probably a 50-50 thing. I think it's great that he's been showing flashes lately, and if he continues to make those flashes consistent, then I think that certainly he has a future as maybe a sixth man uh, in Denver, as yeah. as a big guard, somebody who can rotate in with both of those guys and, and make the offense a little bit more... Uh, versatile. Uh, on the other hand, his contract, the way that it's going to come up is 
is a little bit interesting because it's going to come up at the same time that Jokic, Harris, Murray, uh, Wancho, all of these guys, they're going to need to get paid. And if I'm the Nuggets right now, I'm looking for a good, solid veteran point guard to complement what Jamal Murray and what Gary Harris provide right now. Because, I mean, at this point, Jameer Nelson is great, but he's 35 years old and his best days are certainly behind him. Uh, Moutier, we don't know what he's going to provide. If they could find a veteran point guard, somebody who could help steady the ship, then I think that that would be the better course of action as opposed to the unknown with you, what you get with Moutier. So that's interesting. So you're saying you're not necessarily a big fan of this kind of this three guard rotation that they've been using. Um, Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, Emmanuel Moutier. Uh, you would, you would, you would rather they, they bring in a veteran. Um, and do you, what do you, so do you, what do you go a four guard rotation there then? And then you still play those three guys plus no. the vet? No, so, I, so I still go with the three guard rotation, but I I probably find a new home for Moody at this point. Really? So you're Ryan is Ryan is sending Emmanuel Moody on his way. That is an, that is an interesting. Um, well, I think interesting opinion. Well, Michaela, we really I, have, I we really get, have to I, understand. I'm I'm sorry. I'll just say this quickly. Uh, you've got Jokic, you've got Harris, you've got Murray, and you've got maybe Wancho. How many more young guys are you going to be able to pay? Are you going to be able to afford at that point? There just isn't many resources. And if if this team is serious about becoming a championship contender, then they really need to add some more defensive players. And if they if they instead decide, hey, we're going to pay Emmanuel Moutier ten million a year to come off the bench and hope he continues to get better, I'm not sure that's the best course of action. I think that that money could definitely be spent better elsewhere. Hmm. All right, Kayla, so I want to get your opinion on this. Do you think do you think Emmanuel Moutier has a long-term future with this team, or are you kind of in the same boat where Ryan's at, where you think it's, they probably should move on? Uh, I think it depends on I, – I think I, – I can definitely see Moutier being that uh, solid, you know, back uh, – you know, bench player, backup point guard. Um, I think it depends on his, you know, if that's what he wants. I think he can be what we need him to be. But if he expects more, if he expects to get back into the starting lineup, then I don't know. I, I, it might be another Nurkic situation and he might have to move on. But I think he can be um, just the, the guy that comes off the bench and fits in with the rotation. And, uh, yeah, I think he can I think he can be that for the Nuggets. Yeah, you know, and I don't um... – I don't get that vibe from him uh, that, that that Nurkic kind of issue. Where I, you know, I I think Moutier's pretty much been a good soldier. Uh, I think throughout his whole his whole benching time, it's tough. I can't say for sure because you know when he's not playing. Um, one of the one of the things about the thing is obviously if he doesn't play, he doesn't need to take a shower after the game. Uh, this, these are one of the quirks of you know covering the game. So then. Uh, if he doesn't need to take a shower after the game, by the time we're done talking to the coach and get to go into the locker room, he's already gone. So this whole time that he's been benched, I haven't had a chance to ask him any questions about it. And it's always, of course, a tough kind of um, tough question to ask anyway. So I don't know, but he, uh, the vibe I'm saying, I guess, is uh, uh, that I get is that, that he doesn't really he doesn't strike me that way. I think Emmanuel's kind of been just a good soldier, and and, and that's it. from from everything the coach has said. Uh, that that's been the case, and I see because I I'm kind of with you, Kayla. I don't think that uh, I don't think necessarily that he's got to go. I understand what you're saying, Ryan, about especially having about a a veteran point guard. Um, it's it's good, especially man. I think 
I think if you're not going to go with a veteran, a veteran point guard, you're going to have to figure out what you're going to do with some of these other veterans on the team because I don't think they necessarily um, are thrilled would be thrilled about the idea of rolling with a, a 20 and 21 year old um, point guard rotation. But um, I really like the long term idea of Moutier as as a sixth man. Um, coming off the bench, filling out a three-guard rotation with Harris and with Murray. I think all three of those guys have shown that they can be, they can play on ball, they can play off ball. Uh, they're all, they've all got enough size and length to be able to cover both shooting guards and point guards. Uh, it's, I, I just like the options, and I think in today's NBA, it's, it's vital to have that versatility. And then you even talk about bringing in a guy like Will Barton, who then gives you that crossover from, hey, he can also play some shooting guard minutes, he can play some small forward minutes. Um, I, I, I think it, I, I, I like the way it projects. But Ryan, you said that you think they should bring in a veteran. And I'm curious if you think, is there is there a guy you have in mind, like a certain veteran point guard, um, you think that they should be bringing in? Well, there are a variety of guys. What I would focus on is not only a guy who can steady the ship offensively, but somebody who is a competent defender at this point, because right now the Nuggets don't have any competent backcourt defenders. I mean, Gary Harris is the closest thing to it, and he's come up with a couple of clutch steals lately, but he still makes some egregious mistakes on that end. I would go with somebody like a a George Hill or a Patty Mills. Uh, George Hill, if you're feeling a little bit more lucrative in what you're trying to do, but Patty Mills is definitely a guy from San Antonio. He knows how to play the right way. He knows how to play off ball. And he also knows how to push the pace and will push the pace. Uh, he's he's a guy who plays the right way on both ends. And I definitely think would be a good, good boost to this team. Yeah, and you know what? Patty Mills is a guy who you can probably bring, bring off the bench, right? That yeah. that would be the interesting thing about about George Hill um, is, is how you would make that work, I guess. You'd almost have to to be willing to say, okay, you're going to let Gallo go. Um, you might even have to trade Wilson Chandler, and then you say, okay, our starting lineup is going to be we're going to have George Hill at, at at point guard, Jamal Murray at shooting guard, and Gary Harris at small forward. Um, no, 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 I bench up. I put Murray on the bench. You would see so you would put Murray on the bench, and I guess you could do that. But uh, see, I, I have see as I was saying. I mean, I, I have such high hopes for Murray, and I, I think he's your best shot at, at finding a true like a and I do a too true number but, one player. But there there are very real similarities in his game to a a J.R. Smith or a, a Devin Booker in that, and Booker has shown some great offensive skills on a really bad team. But he scored if, what? If what did he scored seventy. I mean, he scored, yeah, he scored seventy points, right? Don't get me wrong, great offensive player. If there are holes that continue to remain in his game, then he may be better used as a sixth man, uh, especially if the Nuggets really want to get better defensively. Yeah, that's um, that is true. You know, you. I wonder. I just wonder how much. You know, I mean, the same. Everybody's had has been talking about it, and, it, and it's true. I mean, um, a guy you look at just because just because we played him recently, um, but a guy you look at is you look at that guy like Patrick Beverly, and you think about how good he would be um, for this team. Oh, yeah. I don't know though. I don't know when his contract is up. I think he's under contract for a while, so um, he would be tough. Tell you what, I want to I want to pivot here though, and I want to I want to get into uh, the playoffs. And because the Nuggets were, were they the, because they get that win last night, largely behind Jamal Murray, 
Um, <laughs> there, there's still just to just to point that out. Uh, there's still a, a, a chance, right? I'm telling you, there's a chance that the Nuggets could actually still make the playoffs, and uh, we we've kind of hinted on it. Um, but it looks like you know what I think. Regardless of what happens, and 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 and, and, and Kayla, I really, I really want to get your thoughts on this because I know you've been uh, uh, you know, you've been a lifelong Nuggets fan. Um, mm-hmm. How how exciting has it been just to have have these games that are so important and to have this season that looks like it's going to go down to the very last the very last game. It, yeah, it's been so exciting. Like I just missed it so much. Like it's it's been really tough the last four years. Um, you know, I still obviously watched every game, but it's just really hard watching games that you know don't mean anything. So it's just really nice to be able to watch games that uh, you know. I mean, these are the most important games we've played in, in a long time, and it's just I also love that it's um, getting those guys' experience. But um, yeah, I just want it to keep going as long as possible. Just even if we don't make the playoffs, just I would love for it to come down to the last, the very last day. I think that would be fun. That would, yeah, I would, um, I would agree, Ryan. Ryan, what do you think, man? Do you think it's because uh, you've been? Uh, you, I, I was. It's funny. I was, I was listening to one of these podcasts from from a few weeks ago, back when it was me, you, and Evan, uh, and you pretty much laid out like the last fifteen games and what the what the Nuggets had to do, um, and the, and you've been basically right. You're almost, uh, you're almost the the Nostradamus of the Nuggets here because if they, they basically have to, as you said, you, you laid out wins and losses and then you said, all right, and then they're going to get down to these last four games and they're probably going to have to go four and up. Um, and it's exactly right. That's basically what's happened. Um, what, what, what chance do you think it's going to happen? Do you think they're going to overcome Portland and, and get sneak into the playoffs? Uh, I'll put it at about 25%. Uh, no, I'll, I'll go 20%. I definitely see that I see a path. I see them if they can pull off this next game, then it becomes infinitely easier. And if Portland loses tonight, we're recording this on Saturday, by the way, Portland is going to play Utah. And if, if Utah wins, then the Nuggets and Portland would be evened up. So if Portland loses and Denver wins on Sunday, then the path is right there. Unfortunately, if only one of those things happen, then it's it's really tough. So we'll we'll know in a couple of days. Uh, all Denver can do is control what they can control, and that's why the the Houston losses were so difficult because I was hoping that they'd steal one of those games, and they were so close on all three of them. But uh, right, it's it's coming down to the wire here. If they can go four and zero over this last stretch, I mean, they just won yesterday if they can go three and over these next three games then I, I do see a path i just don't necessarily think that portland will oblige yeah and it uh, i will see i i almost wonder i almost have a different a little bit of a different viewpoint i wonder if the nuggets can actually go three and over these last three just say the thunder twice and you know westbrook is going to be looking to break the record uh on tomorrow uh on sunday and so it's like if you uh if you drop that one, then then Portland has to lose out. And who does Portland? Who do they play on their last game of the season? I think it's New they Orleans. They play New Orleans. You know, yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah so the Pelicans. Um, who you never know. I mean, the Pelicans they have all the talent, obviously, to win win against anybody. But um, you never know what's going to happen, especially because you don't know who they're going to be resting. Um, 
and all that jazz. And that's that's the same thing with uh, when Portland they got to play San Antonio still, right? And that could be the same. Who who knows who San Antonio is actually going to play? Um, so let's say this. Let's say they don't make it because I think I think that's I don't know. I guess Kayla, what do you think? I, I want to get your your thoughts real quick too. Do what 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 percent chance do you give them to make the playoffs? Yeah, I'll say I'll say twenty five. Um, yeah, I, I th- I'm I'm going to be really upset if we win the games that we or we they lose enough games, but we just don't win the games that we have to. Um, so yeah, I don't I I'm more confident that uh, that we can win the next three than Portland will lose two. I think there's a good chance Portland will win at least two of the next three. But yeah, I'll say maybe like twenty five percent. Twenty five percent. Yeah, and I I you know I would totally agree with what you said right there. It's like. If they if they win out and Portland ends up winning two of their next three games, then mm-hmm. um, then so be it, and and it, and it is what it is. If they if they end up like dropping them, if if Portland loses two of their next three or three of their next three, and but somehow the Nuggets just they just blow it down the stretch, um, collapse. That's what would be what really crushing because I think. Um, I, I think if they don't make it into the playoffs, even if they don't, because I'm right there with you guys, I think the, the chances are, are better chance that they don't make it than they do. Um, I still think it's worthwhile because the, you, we're seeing, I mean, Gary Harris is his blossoming right before your eyes. We saw Jamal Murray last night. I mean, we keep going back to it, but he had such a huge game. I mean, he looked like such a special player. Uh, it's a, so these, uh, I, I mean, um, uh, what do you think, Ryan? Do you think is is the experience worthwhile, or, or, or are we making too much of it, or is it really just like, yeah, you know what? If they, um, no matter kind of really what happens well, I, this season, it, it's the same. I think one of the uh, one of the things that people get too caught up on is the actual minutes that the young guys play. Like if if Moutier plays only fifteen minutes and Nelson plays. 30 minutes then then that means that moody is losing developmental time there are certain radio people um who are yes they get very caught up on on how many minutes nelson plays versus how many minutes sam murray plays but go on (laughs) yeah well we all know what you're talking about there but uh well i mean i do think that having commentators on tnt or espn say Nikola Jokic is a top 10 player in the league and he's going to be a top 10 player for a long time and say things like that and say just how wonderful the future is for the Nuggets, even if they get swept by Golden State, will go a long way in helping this team get a little bit more confidence in themselves. I I don't know how they're going to react if they lose this race. I hope they still stay motivated. Uh, but I do think that seeing playoff basketball and potentially even seeing something like a, a Jokic triple double in in the playoffs or a uh, or a Jamal Murray outburst would be incredible for the team going forward. Yeah, I, I, and I agree. I mean, I think it's um, I think Jokic specifically, uh, and I've said it before, is is the fact that, that you you've kind of identified him as this as this star, and and now the whole the whole league is starting to see. I like I guarantee you now because it's so much so much about uh, star players uh, is also just like recognition, league recognition. Um, I guarantee yeah. you, if Jokic continues to play the way he has next season, and and he should, I mean, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't. I guarantee you that he's in the All Star game. Um, I guarantee you that he's he's on all NBA teams and stuff like that. So he's got. A, I think he's got a good chance. I thought you know. I thought it's funny. 
Um, and, uh, we, we can talk about, we'll go off the rails here a little bit, but, uh, I thought Giannis, um, Antetokounmpo had the, uh, had the most improved player knock, uh, or award locked up. And now I wouldn't know, or I don't necessarily know. Kayla, what do you think? Let me ask you, do you think, uh, Jokic is going to, do you think he's got a good chance of getting the most improved player award? Yeah, I, I, I think he does. Um, cause I don't know who else would be in the race. I know Giannis obviously, and. Uh, yeah, but I think he, he definitely has a shot. Just He's been getting so much attention since the All-Star break, and people know who he is, And uh, especially since the Nuggets are, are playing really well um, down the stretch. I think he has a, has a good shot. Ryan, what do you think? I think if Jokic can put the team on his back for the next three games and get the team into the playoffs, then he's certainly the most deserving candidate. I think at this point it's it's hard to tell. Uh, Giannis has, I mean, we talk about Jokic a lot, but Giannis has been a incredible, incredible season this, this far. Like, I mean, seeing what they've done in Milwaukee, they've had Chris Middleton out for half the year. Now they have Jabari Parker out for right. the entire rest of the year. And all they do is they just keep winning. And they, I think they're right. in and the they're, fifth seed or the sixth seed. So they've, they're the he deserves seed it. right now. Yeah, no, and that's what I was gonna say. Is they're they're looking pretty much unlike the Nuggets, who are who are looking like man. There's as we said, twenty five percent chance of making it. Um, the Bucks are the Bucks are solidly in into the playoffs right now with a winning record. Uh, the, the funny thing about Giannis, and we we could talk all day about this, but I, I just want to there there's like when you start, he's in the, in the potential right now where you start to think about is this guy possibly in five years the best player in the NBA like I think he could possibly be that good so um I would give it I would it's probably give it to him yeah exactly right and and maybe maybe it's a discussion for another podcast but um I would I would it would be interesting to uh, it's gonna be an interesting race to see I would kind of tend to give it to Giannis over Jokic honestly but um yeah it's a it's an interesting discussion to have um Tell you what, I, I want to wrap up here, uh, kind of just talking about the playoffs in general because we've I've been trying to talk about them in general for the past two podcasts, and I haven't been able to get to this uh, get to the section. And I think we got enough time here, so we're going to do it. Um, Kayla, I'll ask you first. So we obviously we'd all be super stoked for a a Nuggets uh, Warriors series. I think that's that's the number one series we're all pulling for. Um, outside of that, is there, is there a playoff series that you're looking at that you're, you're thinking you're, you're excited to watch? Yeah, I think, uh, Rockets and Thunder, I think would be fun. Just those are the two guys competing for the MVP challenge, uh, that MVP award and they were former teammates. So I think that could be really fun. Um, both really good offensive teams. So I think that one would probably be the one I'm most excited. That's very about. true. And I, I would, I would, uh, I, I would agree. That's going to be an awesome series to watch. I like the, uh, I like the idea um, of yeah, of that Westbrook Harden duel, and I think there's the, it's there's some po- there's some upset potential there. I think because um, when you get into the playoffs, uh, you it's so much about matchups and it's so much about um, stopping what the opponent does best. And Russell Westbrook's like one of those guys. It's like I don't know how you stop him. I mean, he's um, he's just so good at what he does, and so is James Harden. So it could, they could go back and forth. I agree. That one I, I think I would look at. There's another one in the West um, that I'm actually pretty excited about. Is, is actually the Jazz and the Clippers. Just because I think it's a, it's two two very interesting teams um, kind of going in separate directions. For the Clippers, it's pretty much uh, – this could be the last hurrah for them. If they can't uh, – I think what Blake Griffin's up for a new contract. 
Um, and then Chris Paul, obviously, is he's he's almost done with his contract as well. So uh, it's kind of like if they, if they if they get bounced in the first round, this they could they could go in a completely different direction. Meanwhile, the Jazz. Uh, I think if they can win that series, then you start to really look at them as, hey, is this a team that can be um, a major threat uh, for the for the entire entire uh, or not the entire, but like like the next upcoming seasons? Uh, especially when you think about the Nuggets trying to make the playoffs. Obviously, the Jazz might be a team that uh, they're going to have to contend with for for a few years to come. Ryan, what about you? Is there there a playoff series that you're looking forward to? Uh. Well, first of all, I'll say if if Chris Paul becomes available and he decides, hey, I want to leave the Clippers, then the Nuggets should back up a boatload of cash there you go. That's, into his uh, That's your, your veteran so point guard right there. That, that one I can do, and I'm sure everybody else would be fine with too. Uh, as for a playoff series, I think the easy one is definitely Rockets versus Thunder. I think that uh, everybody's going to have their eyes on that one. It's going to be super fun just to watch those two go back and forth. Uh, what I'm most looking forward to is to see if anybody can knock off the Cleveland Cavaliers in the East because they look mortal and their defense has been trash, especially after the All-Star break. And I know they'll probably turn it on and I know they'll probably get back to the finals and LeBron will be back because he's LeBron James. But Imagine the storyline if he goes down and the chaos that that could cause in Cleveland at this point. Uh, I'm looking at the Celtics, maybe the Raptors with Kyle Lowry coming back and a surprise. Maybe the Washington Wizards come back and and John Wall puts them on his back. I think that that's really interesting in the East. That's what the I just wanted to say that that was the team I was thinking too that would be like that would have to be the big upset would be the Wizards but the Wizards I think could possibly do it because they have um, they have John Wall they have Bradley Beal they have Otto Porter they have all these guys who can who can light it up for them that they really they're 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 a dangerous young squad they're actually a team I think you could see um, because LeBron's getting older he's 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 going to be thirty two here and at the end of the year um, so oh yeah. No, I think he's he's thirty two now. I think he'll actually be thirty three at the end of the year. Um, so he's, his reign he's is another guy to an end at some point. Yeah, exactly. And and there's really this kind of the the East is so interesting because it's been dominated for LeBron for over a decade now. That uh, it's like who who's going to take those reins? And I think the Wizards. It could be kind of a coming out party, um, similar to similar to what the Warriors did against really against the Nuggets um, when they were that six seed. Uh, right. Way back, way back, well, like four, four years ago. Um, I guess, uh, let's, so let's, I think, I don't, I don't think anybody's going to knock Cleveland off, to be honest with you. I think they, they probably pull it off. I think that, uh, it's, you know, the Celtics, um, there's, there's just too many holes there that, that can be exploited. And if they've, they're, once again, the Celtics are one of those teams that you, you see in the playoffs struggle at some point, because at some point, they're gonna get you get locked down, and and you're gonna have to find a way. Like if you if the Celtics and the Cavs find themselves in in the Eastern Conference Finals, um, at some point the Cavs are gonna they're gonna tighten up and they're gonna lock it. They're gonna lock into what the Celtics are doing, and the Celtics will do the same to the Cavs. But the Cavs will just give the ball to LeBron, and LeBron will do something superhuman, and he'll get them he'll get them through. Um, so I don't I I think for me my finals prediction if I'm gonna predict right now. 
would be. I'm probably going Cavs. I'm probably going going repeat again. It's such a boring pick. Kayla, what do you think? Are you are you going to go Cavs Warriors like me, or, or or do you think there's somebody else who could sneak into these finals? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's the safest bet is going Cavs Warriors. As boring as it is, but um, yeah, I don't really see anybody because yeah, as you know, as bad as the Cavs have played, you know, I mean they. Boston got blown out by them. I mean, they, th- those, all of those teams have um, shown weaknesses. So, um, and then I, I don't see anybody beating the Warriors, unfortunately. You don't see. see I wonder. Um, the, like, of course, everybody talks about the Spurs, right? Like, okay, maybe the Spurs could win. Let me ask you this: What do you think? We, we've been talking about them a lot on this podcast. What do you think about the Rockets? Any chance the Rockets could beat the Warriors? Uh, there's a uh, chance. Uh, I don't know. All right, Ryan. We 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 can tell you wanna you wanna you've got uh, some thoughts here. I, I I don't know. I I think that they have the offensive firepower to get over the hump for a couple of games and maybe take a couple of games from the Warriors. That's that's probably the most dangerous team. And I'm sorry to the Spurs, but when the Warriors get locked in, then they will win. I think the Rockets, as we've seen with the Nuggets the last few games, they lull a team to sleep and they they get them playing their style of game. And if Harden comes out of that, that comes out of a few games with 20 plus free throw attempts and he makes seven threes, then I think that they could definitely pull it off. Uh, I don't think that that's sustainable. Yeah, though. So not, uh... It's just sad. It's just sad that, uh, the last two years have been really, hey, these are it's the Cavs versus the Warriors part two and part three, and as as many great individual performances as as we've seen over the last two years, the league has trended into a hey, this is kind of a, a stepping stone league, and the Warriors and Cavs are stepping over everybody else. Right. Let me ask you, Kayla. What do you think about that? Do you you think it's like good for the league, or do you think it would be bad for the league if we had another another Cavs Warriors series? Um, I don't know. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it will be good. I think it will be really fun to see someone else in the finals, like seeing Kawhi or, um, I don't know, James Harden or someone else. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really see how it could be good for the league. You know, it's funny as you mentioned, as you mentioned, you mentioned both Western Conference teams. So I think that's what we're all pulling for. Yeah. Like, there's, there's really nobody in the East that we're like, yeah, we're still happy. We want to watch LeBron at least for another. I mean, I know I do. Like, I'd, I'd much rather watch LeBron than like the Celtics. Or I'll the, pull for the, the Wizards. Raptors. I think the Wizards are cool. You're gonna pull. For, yeah, the Wizards could be exciting. You're right, and then they got they got a little star. I like John Wall. John Wall. Right? I like yeah, the I way like John Wall too, but. Uh, yeah, he's an exciting player to watch. He is. He's fast and he's um and he's he's got good size and he's a good defender. He can make he makes you know he can create turnovers and then make things happen in transition. He is fun to watch. Um, I still want to watch LeBron in the finals. Uh, so <laughs> easy. Just just the way I am. But I I um it's I can't even remember. I don't I don't think ever in my in my lifetime. And I think I'm actually I'm, I'm a little bit older than both of you guys, but uh, we've never seen anybody. Three finals in a row, the same matchup. I was thinking I back saw... to it. I uh, the the one that I think I can see is the Celtics and Lakers going back to the the sixties or the seventies, and I think that's probably the well, most likely. Or maybe I think maybe in the early eighties, right? Would be uh, which is just it was just before me because in, in the nineties you had you had the Bulls and the um, the Jazz who played back to back. They didn't go three times in a row. Um, I think you're right. right. I think you, you have to go all the way all the way back to the Celtics and Lakers. 
um, to get three in a row. It's interesting. I don't, you know, but but the point is though, is though, is though you see it, right? We we've seen this for decades. Um, we've seen the, uh, like I said, the Bulls who who were there basically six out of eight years, right? They went, and then the other the other two championships both went to the Rockets. Um, and then in in the two thousands, it was always the Spurs and the Lakers uh, in, in the Western Conference. And then um, now now we've seen now it's kind of like this era of LeBron has been the two thousand the two thousand teens, uh, where he's been to what what is it now? This will be his if he if they make the finals is his seventh. seventh in a row. Yeah, which is which is insane because uh, he, I mean, he made it four in, four in a row for Miami and three in a row for here, Miami and this will be Cleveland. three for Cleveland. So. It's yeah, it's it's. I mean, I tell you what, it's crazy. We we really should appreciate it, right? Because it's it's to see a player be that dominant um, is is you you get maybe that you get them once once a decade or so, and and this is LeBron's kind of been that guy, and, and maybe Steph Curry uh, as as we f- we finish out the the twenty tens, uh, maybe he's Nikola the next guy. Jokic. Nikola Jokic. Uh, all right, all right. The here Jokic we go. We're, we're, we're gonna wrap it up. We're gonna wrap it up with the hot takes. I, I want Kayla. I want your opinion first. Do you think we're about to embark upon the Nikola Jokic era of of basketball, and the Nuggets are on their way to multiple championships as he dominates the league? I mean, we're definitely in the Jokic era for the you know in Denver, but um, I don't know. There's there's a lot of really good players, like young players, especially. Um, Anthony Davis, call Anthony Towns, but I think he he's definitely going to be one of those players. I don't know if he's going to be like dominate a whole era by himself. But I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's fair. I like it. It was, it was it's a good reserved answer, um, and you actually you you created the better better question there, I guess, for that too. Um, I think we all we're all agreeing we're going to enter the era of, of of Nuggets for for Nikola Jokic, or maybe it's the era of Jamal Murray. Who knows? Um, Ryan, what are your thoughts? Do you think is are the Nuggets about to enter this the new era? Do you think, or let's just put it this way: are they are the Nuggets about to enter? I'll close with asking you: are they about to enter um, into this era of of, of being like a, uh, right up there, being one of the, the top teams in the NBA? I think they win two championships over the next ten years. Really, Ryan? Yes, Ryan is going to close us with a hot take: two championships over the next ten years. That is wow. That is. So that's that's basically that's basically Jokic's career, right? So we're Ryan is hanging a number fifteen Jokic jersey up in the rafters, is what he's Hell doing. Hell yeah, that's that's I like it. All right, <laughs> cool. we'll tell I'm you hanging what, the we'll, magic uh, I'm gonna, I'm Jokic gonna, shirt. I'm, he's hanging the magic Jokic shirt. Go check out. I like it. We'll, we'll, I want to close on that. So check out DenverStiffs.com for your magic Jokic shirts. Um, and. Uh, that's wow, Ryan. I, uh, I I I don't know if I could uh, if I could agree. Uh, it would be it would be it sure sure would be awesome to see. Tell you what though, it's been an awesome show with you guys, Ryan. Appreciate having on, man. Absolutely, thank you. Yeah, and Kayla, um, as as always, as well, welcome or, or thanks for having you back. And um, yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah, right on. So uh, tell you what, guys, check us out as always on DenverStiffs.com. Um, Ryan is at Ryan Blackburn nine, right? You're the ninth Ryan Blackburn on Twitter. Yeah, all eight were taken. All eight were taken, and then Kayla, you are at Nugget Chica with a C H I C A. Correct. All right. So thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Um, and we will see you next week. Hopefully, in the playoffs.
Thanks for listening to the Pickaxe Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us on the web at denverstiffs.com. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs.